Hello and welcome to Future Thinking from Stylus. I'm your host, Christian Ward, Head of Media and Marketing at Stylus. And today we're going to be talking about cannabidiol or CBD. CBD has grown massively in popularity in the last couple of years with claims it can soothe nerves, erase insomnia and even improve your sex life. Despite the hype, CBD remains shrouded in misconceptions, leaving consumers confused as to what to look for in products and which brands to trust. So what is CBD and what do wellness brands need to know about it? Here to discuss these questions, I'm joined by Marissa Schwab, founder of The Chillery, a UK e-tailer specialising in meticulously sourced CBD wellness products, and Amelia Morano-Williams, Stylus' own US Trends reporter. So first of all, in the simplest terms, uh, Marissa, what actually is CBD? CBD is one of the over 100 naturally occurring compounds found in the cannabis plant, and It is dissimilar to THC, which many people might have heard of, which is what makes you high. So when you're smoking weed, it is the THC that is making you high. CBD does not have any psychoactive effects. Um, And this is why it's really sort of exploded on the wellness scene and is being explored for various therapeutic effects. Where has it been before now in terms of why is it suddenly exploding now? So in 2018, mostly in the U.S., actually, there were several legal changes that uh, put hemp production on the national scene, um, which really was opened a floodgate for different companies to to jump on the market. Um, And then I think also because of the legalization of cannabis at the same time, also in the U.S. and in Canada, um, you saw people who were recreationally using weed sort of um, recreationally using weed naturally transition over into CBD and start exploring all these CBD companies that were emerging in in the US. Um, And speaking of which yours is one, tell us about the chillery. Yeah, so we we founded the chillery recently to try and provide guidance um, to everyone that's sort of looking to explore CBD in this space. So the chillery first and foremost is about guidance as to what is CBD and contextualizing it into five really key pillars of, uh, of wellness. So sleep, stress, pain, beauty, and intimacy. Um, and then it's also really about quality because there's so much noise in the space. There's so many different companies that pop out every month, every week. Um, and now in Europe, that's also happening as well, like mirroring the U.S., um, so it's hard to know what to actually trust. Uh, quality is really important. So we, we vet every brand that is on, on the chillery. Uh, we have personal relationships with all of the, of the founders, and we understand their brand ethos, make sure they're in it for the right reasons. Um, and because of that, we have all premium products that have been vetted and the lab tests have been collected. So what kind of products are we talking about? How do you, how do you take CBD? So there's various delivery formats uh, for CBD, depending on what you're using it for and the severity of of the symptoms that you have. Um, And there's everything from edibles, which is growing in popularity recently, um, to tinctures, which are sublingual oils that you normally put under your tongue, um, has a faster effect. You can smoke it with vapes, uh, which is also gaining in popularity. Um, and then there's a lot of creams and topicals that provide really localized, uh, targeted effects. And then we're now seeing really an explosion in the beauty space as well. So if you if you look on our 
on our um, on the chiller, you'll see a lot of amazing beauty products now that have not just CBD, this fabulous super ingredient for the skin, which we can go into, um, but also a host of other fabulous natural ingredients that uh, are traditionally very good for for skincare. So, Amelia, what's the stylist perspective on the rise of CBD? Why why do you think this is um, becoming so mainstream now? I think CBD is becoming really mainstream now because we're seeing a rise in what's been called the anxiety economy. So people are looking for a way to calm down, whether that's to sleep easier, just to get less stress out of their life, just improve their overall well-being and their outlook. And CBD is giving them a way to do it. I think the lack of specificity in the industry right now is a huge benefit. We're seeing consumers who hear about it by word of mouth. They're not really sure what it does, but they know it does something good. And so they want to get in on that. And I think, as Marissa was mentioning earlier, this broad spectrum of products that are available and formats really helps fuel that and fuel consumer interest. So someone who might be interested in seeing, oh, how does this brownie taste, might get it like that. If they're interested, we're seeing uh, companies like By Chloe getting into the CBD by doing infused brownies. And that's really kind of something for the Instagram community. Whereas with beauty, we're seeing lots of topicals that are supposed to be anti-inflammatory to help with acne. We're also seeing lots of oils that people can take for sleep and also things that improve their overall well-being, such as just a calming cream that can be used for pain relief. So I think from Stylist's perspective, we're really seeing that everyone can get into this space and it offers something that people can get into just to improve their overall well-being. What about some more uh, out-there out, out products that you've seen? I mean, I think you mentioned toothpaste, CBD-infused yes. toothpaste. I mean, I think right now it's just a wild west. So people are running to think of what they can do. And so one train of thought is that CBD is going to become like a vitamin. And so we should just try to infuse in everything. So you are seeing things like CBD-infused toothpaste. Whether that does anything beneficial and really adds to the toothpaste is obviously still up in the air because we don't have enough research to actually know how this physically affects us. So we are starting to get more and more of that. And so I think that's going to be a really exciting space moving forward. I think we're also starting to see some interesting examples as CBD as a service. So there's one company that started in the U.S. that's called Feels, and they will actually send you a CBD trial kit with different concentrations of CBD that you can test over the course of a week and see how it affects you in different ways. So we're seeing this boom in companies that are really trying to think of CBD as a service that they can give people. So anxiety and well-being as a spectrum that people can tamper with. So you mentioned there that, you know, there's no real research on the effects. Is that right? I think there is starting to be research on the effects. So, you know, we do know that it helps with very certain types of uh, child epilepsy. So there are proven things that CBD does. We do know that it interacts with the endocannabinoid system, which is a system of receptors within our body that regulates homeostasis. Um, Unfortunately, because cannabis has been so controlled by the United States and other governments, we have had very limited access to scientific research. So as we're seeing more regulations that lessen the hold on CBD in particular and on cannabis more broadly, we will hopefully starting to see more research into the very specific effects that it does take into effect in the body more broadly for the average consumer. So, Marissa, what products are you seeing that are becoming most successful and what, what sort of um, impacts are they having on, on people? Yeah, so I think the easiest way to sort of start the CBD journey 
Um, and the most popular way is for this anxiety economy that you've been talking about. So it's for really stress and sleep symptoms that have that really put ten people in a room. And if eight of them don't have those problems, I don't I don't know who doesn't. Um, and so a lot of people are coming to us for tinctures um, to use for like daily stress management and to actually. Uh, help them for sleep. So that's actually how my personal journey with uh, getting to the chillery and with CBD uh, was getting me off of pharmaceutical pills that I took my whole entire life to sleep. Um, and so now I just use CBD and it gets me to sleep faster. I stay asleep longer. I wake up refreshed and I don't have to take pharmaceutical pills. And so I think that's a, a lot of the ways that people are sort of getting into CBD and realizing that it is something to pay attention to um, and then exploring from there. Another really great entry point into CBD products is for pain management. So, And this, the most exciting thing about this, I think, is it's multi-generational. So it's an 18-year-old with a terrible period and menstrual cramps. Um, it's a 75-year-old with uh, joint pain. Um, I just ran a half marathon, and I used CBD on my legs after it, and I wasn't sore at all. Um, so it's really anyone can use it for any topical pain, and you feel the effects immediately. Despite this, as you both say, it's a kind of Wild West area Absolutely. at the moment. Yeah. So <laughs> where is... Um, where should the education be coming from? Obviously, part of what you're doing in the chillery is about educate, educating consumers. Is that a brand's responsibility? Um, should there be more government regulation and oversight? What do you think? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a very important question for the whole industry. Um, because there has been a lack of regulation um, for different laws uh, that is slowly starting to change, um, no one's controlling all these brands. So you have some great quality products come on the market, but then there's snake oil on the other side, and brands now are trying to differentiate themselves from from things that actually don't, that aren't quality. Um, so what we're seeing now is really entrepreneurial efforts by brands um, doing user studies. Uh, we have some beauty brands that we work with that actually pull together some of um, a, a a population of people to see how their products are reacting to to all these people and then linking up with actual doctors to try and start doing more clinical trials. So it's happening from, I guess, this micro level. The brands are just pushing it forward because you can't wait for governments and regulation to actually um, come into effect. We're also seeing UCLA set up a cannabis research institute and in Los Angeles. So I think it's happening also from from the brands and from mm -hmm. sort of civil society. I think it's really exciting what brands are doing because, as you say, it's kind of, it is kind of starting on a brand level. It's also starting on a consumer level because as people get more interested, they want the brands that are trustworthy. Um, but we're really seeing lots of brands drive home education and take it upon themselves to make sure that their consumers are educated and that they are able to make informed product choices, whether that's for their own product or for other people's products. So the New York-based uh, originally publication called Gossamer, they started by just writing about cannabis lifestyle. And so people who are interested in cannabis might also be interested in these other things. And then they slowly developed an educational arm, and now they have a CBD tincture that they developed with help of researchers at Anata Hemp. And so through their education process, people learn what they should be looking for in a product, and then they can buy it 
profit from that company. So I think there's a really interesting space for brands to play in there to kind of straddle both the education and media aspect of CBD and wellness industry and also to move into the product development access. That being said, I think we are starting to see more government regulation come in, and hopefully they will take a cue from these brands that have been very meticulous on doing their lab testing and making sure their CBD products don't have THC and are manufactured cleanly with minimal um, interference, minimal pesticides and growing of the actual hemp plant. So hopefully we'll be seeing good legislation come of this. But it is an area that as more consumers get interested, we are going to need to make sure that we are regulating it fully. But I mean, last week we saw case in point of what happens with consumer momentum mm-hmm. um, for CBD. There was the first FDA hearing on CBD yeah. last Friday. So Yeah, I was going to ask about why it's not FDA regulated. It's happening. It's about yeah. to be. Yeah. Okay. But the FDA is expressed because of, I think, all this consumer interest and momentum in it, um, that they want to find uh, expedited pathways yeah. for regulation for CBD. So I think we'll see that soon. Yeah, very soon. I was reading today a, a, a Nielsen report on this very subject, and they were um, mentioning statistics around, you know, what drives consumers towards CBD. And one of the main ones was this idea of it seems like it will be more effective than over-the-counter and uh, products and chemical products. Uh, there's, a, there's a perception that it's a, a natural um, and more effective solution. Is that something that you're, you're seeing from a kind of consumer attitude perspective? Is this, uh, is this going to become uh, another part of alternative sort of solutions for people? Yeah, I mean, I think there's several ways people find CBD. It's either they hear it because it's you can't ignore it right now, it's the hype, but also when you've been fed up and you can't find a solution, so you're looking around for other solutions. Um, and I think that's quite justified. I think we're also seeing just an overall interest in plant-based wellness, plant-based lifestyles in general, and CBD fits really well into this space. I mean, we call it CBD. It sounds kind of chemical-like, but it's from a plant. It, you know, full-spectrum CBD combines lots of terpenes, which are other chemicals within the actual plant that do have good benefits for people. So I think it just feeds into this whole natural aura that people are wanting right now. So... What other areas do you think are still ripe for innovation when it comes to CBD? Because it obviously feels like it's quite a a magic product um, with lots of different uses. What hasn't yet been investigated in your mind? Well, I think one space that we're following very closely um, is how CBD is giving a platform for so many broader issues. So specifically um, mental health, uh, especially in the UK, that's really been been a hot topic. Um, women's health, uh, whether it's menstruation, but also sexual pleasure. So you have brands in the States, especially, that are making products specifically for this, but then creating content platforms that are creating the whole dialogue around these issues. Um, and there's really never been a platform for anyone to talk about this. Um, CBD is being looked at right now for helping the opiate crisis in the U.S. Um, because it They're looking to see if it can help um, stop cravings. So those are major issues on the horizon that CBD is actually helping drive forward as well. 
I think education is still an area that really needs to be focused on. And there are fantastic brands like the Chillery, like Osmer, as I mentioned earlier, that are starting to drive this conversation forward. But the fact that the question still is, what is CBD, shows that we have lots more to do. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to question what vitamin D is. So if we really want it to become that massive, not saying that it should be. Um, but if we want it to reach a place where it's just common language that everyone knows, we really need to make sure that we're educating people on what it is, what it is not. I think even within this industry, there's so much confusion about what hemp products are, what they do. People are making cannabis sativa seed oil and using a little cannabis leaf and giving it names like high and dope when cannabis sativa seed oil is hemp seed oil and doesn't really even have CBD. So I think there's lots of education that still needs to be done. Hopefully this will be part of regulation, but it still needs to come from brands brand level. And brands that leave this lead the education, I think, have tremendous space to grow. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting from a marketing perspective because obviously, especially in this country, um, particularly hemp and, and all those sorts of things have a particular uh, cultural meaning. You know, you go to Camden Market and you buy your hemp seeds and all that kind of stuff. It's very hippie, very old school. Yeah, um, uh, and this is this is like a new generation who are transforming that brand image. Yeah. Um, so it, very interesting times ahead. And, and brands have a huge opportunity here, I think, to sort of start owning that that conversation. So we've talked a bit about beauty, we've talked a bit about anxiety. What about wellness? How is um, CBD going to sort of transform that area? I think there's a really interesting opportunity for CBD to start to bridge the space between wellness and health. As Marissa mentioned, pain relief is something that people are very interested in using CBD for. Um, And this is one area where, you know, is pain relief, it's part of my well-being that I feel free from pain, but it can also transcend into health areas where if I maybe have, you know, joint pain, if I have muscle soreness that starts to impact my daily life, CBD can be a way possibly for me to mitigate that. And so I think as we see brands kind of enter into this space, it'll be really interesting to see how we have a more defined meaning of what wellness is and which wellness touches upon and how medical concerns can feed into that in a lighter way. Do you have anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, I think it it makes so much sense that CBD is really being positioned now in the wellness space because it's the intersection of health and beauty and fitness, and that's the perfect way to sort of contextualize CBD to make it practical. Um, So I think we're only going to see more of it. So I'll ask one final question then. Who do you both think is doing, aside from the Chillery, of course, doing the most uh, interesting work in this space at the moment? What's the most interesting products or brands that you've seen? I actually, because tinctures is really the most popular space right now, or has been the most popular area that people are trying CBD, that whole area is being innovated by by some really small brands um, that are actually growing their own hemp, um, and bottling it up right on the same in the same city, and they're infusing the tinctures with other really great ingredients, other adaptogens, um, and making it, I guess, easier to digest for for other people that don't actually like the hemp taste, and actually making it a more powerful, a more powerful um, oil because it doesn't have just CBD; it has a host of other ingredients. I think one brand that I've been really interested in, we've been following at Stylist for a while, is Kanuka, which is a brand that combines Manuka honey and CBD. I think it's really interesting because, you know, 
people know honey. And so having this as one of the key ingredients in their product, even in the name, is something to draw people in who might be a bit hesitant to try CBD and broaden the spectrum of that. So I think one thing to really look at going forward are companies that combine these other powerful plant-based either adaptogens, herbs, supplements, and bring it together with CBD to make it a more powerful and effective overall experience. Great. Well, I uh, I look forward to um, ingesting some CBD brownies later. Um, I'd like to thank my guests, Marissa Schwab and Amelia Morano-Williams, and thank you for listening. I hope you'll join us next time for more Future Thinking from Stylus. You've been listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. If you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to Future Thinking in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to hear new episodes as soon as they're available. 